1: Everybody and welcome to the Triple Sub podcast. I am your host Kay, and I'm with the regular panel, obviously here. So say hello to Roy. How are you, Roy?
0: Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> ah,
1: oh, it's it's new. There's a new accentuation.
0: Nice. <laughs> new year, new me. You know what they say, right? Ah, there we go. There we go. There we go. I mean, it is it is August, but it's fine. <laughs> New season, new me. New
1: season, yeah. New season, new yeah. And I've obviously also got Sri with me. How are you, Sri?
2: Hello, hello, hello. So that they don't forget what was the original. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sri is obviously the hipster in the group. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Sri is just like the the, the football encyclopedia, right? Like, if you need anything, like, he's an open history book, basically.
2: What is an open history book? History means already
1: people know about it. (laughs) <laughs> they can read a what is an open history book? I don't know. Sure. Speaking of which you guys haven't really been that active. I haven't seen you guys on Twitter or around WhatsApp. I've been pretty lonely. Like what's been going on?
0: Nah no, I've just been I've just been busy with uh in real life stuff, work, family, things like that. But um since the Shakiri signing I don't think or or shall I say the Allison signing, I don't think there's been anything too uh major in terms of Liverpool. So Maybe we can talk about. Um, maybe we can look at the the, the season as a whole and, and where we think this Liverpool side might fit in. Uh, you know, among the twenty teams. But yeah, you know, I guess in general, nothing too much in real life. And and in football, I think even the Allison signing didn't surprise us too much. I think we've seen this coming since like what uh, early this year in January or something like that. So yeah, just not been, not the most surprising. But of course, delighted that it's happened, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And, and usually, same thing work and stuff?
2: Yeah, kind of. Also, been busy trying to solve the Shakiri Power Cube, Been giving it a go, proper go. The cube just doesn't seem to solve itself.
1: <laughs> Which, <laughs> well, you're going to have to speak about it. I, th- I think I'm going to ask you a question on that a little bit later. So, we didn't have a proper agenda for today. And what we decided to do is just ask some pretty big questions that are out there. We couldn't find a way to fit it into, like, one thread so we're just gonna it's just gonna come it's just gonna come at you we're gonna be changing tangents you know very very quickly and very promptly during the show very suddenly is a better word so let's get into it right Um, guys we've seen some of the preseason. we've obviously seen the transfer business that we've done and it seems like you know from some of the some of the messages coming out of the club that we're not going to be doing that much more so given that you know one of the things we've not seen so far, this has been a bit of a worry for a lot of Premier League clubs, is that players don't haven't returned from their break given that the World Cup was played in the off-season this year. And One of our big guys that haven't come back is Henderson, obviously. We got Trent Alexander-Arnold back yesterday, but he didn't play that much. And Hendo is basically being forced, as far as I can tell, to get some time off, relax, and recuperate a little bit before he comes back. He's been... Discussed a lot, right? Given the, the transfers that we've made specifically all the, all the midfield guys. How? Does he reintegrate? How do we get him back into the team? Where does he play? Does he continue being the sixth? Does he go into being an eight? I think one of the things we can actually be pretty sure of is Henderson is going to get minutes. Henderson is definitely going to get minutes. And I think one of the things that's yeah. cool about these midfield recruits is they allow us to manage his time a bit better. We don't have to worry about his injuries so much. And he doesn't have to worry about his injury so much. If he needs one or two games in the middle of the season, we have appropriate backup for that now, at least. But... Roy, start me off with this. What do you think is going to happen? How does how does Henderson come back into the team? What is his role? What is his function? Does it require a bit of a change of setup, or how do you see things?
0: Yeah, this is going to be a tough one, right? Because the the thing is that we can't just look at Henderson's spot on the team um in isolation. We have to also look at the other other signings and how he has impacted uh the side as well. So what I'm trying to get at is we may not even play a three man midfield moving forward. We may even go into a four to four with uh Keita and Fabino in, in midfield and then we play with our usual front three plus Shakiri up there. You know, we have Daniel Sturridge coming back who can provide that support up, up there as well. So we can afford we we can afford to go a bit more top heavy this season. But at the same time there there are you know arguments to be made to have a a midfield heavy team as well because we have those two, plus Henderson, plus Wijnaldum. We basically didn't really lose anyone apart from Emre Can. But even then, we've already replaced Emre Can with Fabinho and we've added Nabi as well. We've seen Alexander Arno move to midfield. Lalana could play maybe like a, a number 10 of sorts. So it's just a really tricky situation because I, if, if you were to ask me right now, I wouldn't have Henderson in the team. But again, that depends on the, the, the types of uh, opponents that we face. But if you ask me on, you know, we, how do we structure our, our best team in terms of talent, in terms of skill, I don't think Henderson is there. I think I would rather have Shakiri in there or, or or even to an extent, if, if Daniel Sturridge is really, truly fit for this season, I would even have Daniel Sturridge up top and sacrificing Henderson to have Daniel Sturridge as that striker up top. So it's, it's really, really tough. You know, it depends on opposition. It depends on how much you value what Henderson brings to the table and whether that can be... What what he brings to the table, whether it can be duplicated by by Keta or Fabinho which from what I know, I believe they can they can do the exact role and more. So it's just really tough, right? But again, you know, just to to have a little bit of a bottom line for me, I don't think it's necessary to go with a three-man midfield. And even then, I don't even think Henderson may be the the automatic option to get into that 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 three three-man midfield spot.
1: Oh wait, wait when you talk about a three a two man midfield there, Roy, off the ball would your sort of number ten auxiliaries uh, you know, like say for example Shakiri, there, is that would that person then drop back into midfield to like sort of make it a, a, a three man midfield at least without the
0: ball? For me when I see the front four it's more like it, it's so fluid, right? Because when you look at it, Firmino can be a false, can be a false line or he can be a number ten, like he's a nine days. Salah can play on the right, or he can play up top, like a i uh, I I, believe he played up top, sort of for Egypt, I believe. Or, you know, Shaqiri can go on to the right or on to the left. Mane can play both wings. Mane can play through the middle. That's how I see it. So it's more, it's not really like someone dropping down to be a number ten and forming that, that two one midfield. It's more like a, a fluid front four and there's two midfielders at the back holding the fort. All right.
1: right. How do you react to that tree? Would you? Would you agree, for example, firstly, that, that Henderson is not preferred, but, I mean, given that he's probably going to get some minutes, how do you see us setting up with him in the team?
2: Yeah, I think, I think in a way, I partly agree with the fact that I Henderson plays means that we'll have to play a three-man midfield. I'm not surely... Con- the last time Henderson was convincing in a two was in a period, I think, which was Klopp's first season. With Emre that was a two which worked. But I don't know if a two is still going to work. And if it's a two-man midfield, then we need to see who needs to play with him. Obviously, he can run, but he doesn't have the greatest. Does it have to be Navigator then playing in a two? Or do you want to go so ultra-defensive and playing Fabinho and Henderson in a two? That might be too ultra-defensive. But to be honest, the actual fact is, I don't know. Where he's going to play, if he's going to play, I don't know. Just to give a simple example, when we signed Shakir, it was like it was quite clear he's going to play in the wide areas. Game one, he yeah. plays, he yeah. actually <laughs> plays in midfield. Yesterday, when he came on, he actually played as the false nine. I don't know if you guys saw the game, but he basically subbed in for Firmino and played up top. And once Solanke and Sturridge came in only, he moved on to the right side. So Maybe there are plans. We don't know. We are not aware of obviously we have not seen anything in training because he's just going to be in training next week. Potentially he could continue playing six. There are going to be games where we might play him in the base of the midfield where we just the point with four three threes it's with Klopp's four three threes, I struggle to find build up play with four three three. It's too central oriented. The play is too much focus in the middle of the field. I understand our strengths lie in the middle of the it, but it's the 4-3-3 seems to be very predictable to be something like a 4-2-2-2 which Pellegrini uses might be more used because Pellegrini also prefers using inverted wingers. So for example, West Ham, he, may, he might be using Philip Anderson and say Yarmolenko on the wings and Yarmolenko is going to get in. So something like a 4-2-2-2 would also aid in terms of the number of forward where it will help us get Shakir. You could you could practically play Shakir, your friend who could be just slightly roving behind say someone like a Daniel Sturridge because Daniel Sturridge for all his loss of pace yesterday was still continuing to play on the shoulder of the last defender. So there are innumerable options. And as you said, there are minutes. We have lost Ox. Let's not forget Ox is all- out for the whole season. Lalana, you know, Lalana when he says fit, you know his next minute is going to be injured. So we have basically don't have two midfielders. We have gotten two, so basically we have the same number of people to distribute minutes because we have lost Emrechan, we have lost Hawks. We have got Keita and Fabinho in. Lalana being Lalana, he might get the same minutes through the season. So basically, we still need Henderson's minutes which he gave last season. So, that's where we are. So, the, he is going... But the question is, I don't know. He's, he's clearly not into training and he's consistently now played as the number six for Liverpool and England. I don't know whether... Is it too late to start him to repush and say start as an eight trade or not? So I see him maybe play a six, maybe gradually through the season, maybe second half. There's a possibility he moves maybe further upfield, depending on the injury situation or the minute situation.
1: Mm, that was, that was what I was feeling as well. I agree with you. When we, a midfield last season tended to lack a bit of the ability to move the ball vertically up the field in, in, in any kind of smooth way if it wasn't transitioning. Like, if there were people ahead of us, we'd struggle to get through that midfield. We, we, there were a lot of sort of balls over the top and balls are wide. Um, that might be different this season, given the transfers that we've made. But like, Roy, I mean, this, you know, it's, it's sort of what it feels like we're discussing around is theoretically, where is Henderson? Where did he, where do his strengths lie? And I think before last season, we would have said the eight, but I'm just not sure with his injury, you know, can he, Put that amount of miles into his legs. Was the number six a reaction to him maybe running a bit less and saving his legs, you know, throughout the course of the season? If so, what do you think of Sri's idea there that maybe he's, he's sort of almost like if we play him in that, if he plays in that two, maybe with Fabinho, he, he, he you know, he, he's that one of them that sort of goes up a little bit, maybe takes a chance once in, in a while in the game to arrive late in the box, but he's not, you know, he's not really the one going forward that much. Sort of almost like the Schneiderlin to
0: the one Yama. <laughs> the Schneiderlin, huh? <laughs> 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 wow, okay. I, I, I this, this is tough, you know. Again, it goes back to the opposition, right? I mean, if we are going against a team who is very, very, uh, you could say press-heavy, high or, or high press-heavy, then I wouldn't play Henderson, honestly. Like, if we were to play against like a, a, a City, for example, I would try to stray away from Henderson because he's not press resistant at all right I mean in fact, one of his biggest flaws is that he's so so prone to to losing the ball or, or should i say not being as effective or or efficient on the ball when he, when he's getting pressed and in that i guess in in that regard it is it honestly goes down to opposition i mean if you go against teams who are you know maybe they they might uh you can say maybe harass you a bit in midfield, but, but not really fully commit to a high press. Then sure, you know, go with a Henderson, Fabinho double pivot and have Kita just roaming around as that number eight, number ten in, in that sort of role. But uh, against certain teams, I would just be really, really fine with just having Kita and Fabinho, having the, the, the fullbacks to, to carry the ball up, having Firmino or, or Shakiri or Mane to carry the ball up as well. I'm, I'm content with that. And again, I think as what Sri said, I think he made the, the best point that he made from that, from that long run is we honestly don't know. You know, it, it, it honestly depends on the opposition. It depends on, on how Klopp sees, uh, you know, the, 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 the quote unquote correct approach to certain games. I don't think this season will be as predictable as last season, whereby we know it's gonna be a 4-3-3. He seldom or or you know virtually never changes his team up in terms of the, the, the structure. We know it's more or less going to be a 4-3-3, no surprises. The personnel may change but the overall structure doesn't. But I think this time around it gives him a bit more flexibility because we don't apart from Nabiketa, right? We don't really have another uh, versatile box to box midfield who can more or less operate in the same way against any type of opposition. It's only Nabi now, whereas we've added more of a... Uh, you, you can say more of a... Someone closer to a number six in Fabinho, and now we have him and Henderson playing in that role. James Milner can sort of be that that box-to-box at times, but I wouldn't count on it for the whole season. Wijnaldum will be that shuttler being a bit more of that, that gap filler for that midfield. So I think it's going to be very game-to-game basis. And if you ask me... It'll be almost, you know, virtually impossible to guess the, the, uh, the, the, I guess, the team with the the most consistent team throughout the, the whole season, right? I, I don't think we can for sure say that you know it's gonna be Keta and Fabinho only for the whole season, or it's gonna be Keta, Fabinho and Henderson. It's gonna be impossible to guess. Hmm,
1: hmm. I'm quite interested in what you guys were talking about relative to. I mean, the, it's true what you say, Shri. The the Shakiri transfer and the role he's had in the team if i could just say like his performances have surprised me a little bit like <laughs> number one i'm I'm very pleasantly surprised by what i've got he he looks he looks even more enthusiastic than what he did at um at stoke he he he, uh, you know when he plays for switzerland as well i think there's there's a bit of pressure on him to be like the, the main guy and uh and, and to create everything i think he's looking around and just other than trying to secure a starting berth when the season begins, I, I think he's sort of reveling in the fact that there's a couple of really top players around him now and he's not the person that, you know, is relied upon to sort of create everything by himself, which leaves him, you know, it gives him options. It gives him um, uh, so many different ways of dealing with with pressure instead sort of taking it all on himself. That's been really good. I'm interested in what you said there, Roy, with the with the four up front. Do you think Liverpool is... Is actually going to try and shift the basis of their possession, if I can call it that, to to not, you know, I I think at last season when we were sort of resting with the ball or whatever you want to call that, when we were sort of more casual in possession, the we've also actually seen that in preseason, to be honest. But the we sort of tend to keep the ball between the midfield and the defense, um, although. The Allison introduction has disturbed that a little bit. He he seems to the defense seems to trust him more with the ball. They don't mind passing it back to him. But do you think we could see a shift with especially with Navi and Fabinho, there, a shift to more concentrated in midfield to keep the ball a little bit higher up the pitch? Does Shakiri give us that option, for example, instead of a Henderson?
0: I feel like now it's everything will be shifted back by one stage, if, if if that makes sense. So if let's say for example uh we want to be casual, right? Uh, or or should I say we want to be a bit more protective with the ball. Yes, yeah. In the past we would have it with Henderson, right? But now I feel like we could even have it with Van Dyke for the most part. Or 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 Lauren for, for the most part. Because we know that we have an elite goalkeeper behind them in, in terms of ball playing or, or should I say ball control in, in Allison. So I think everything's gonna be shifted back a little bit more. You know, if you want to be very protective, Van Dyke will have it. If you want to be a little bit more attacking with that, then you know, Keita and Fabinho can definitely do that for sure. And I, I think the only time, let's say, Salah gets the ball is when he's already blown past his defender and, and already getting the true ball, right? So I think that's more like the 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 basis of how we have the ball when, when we are in possession. I think most of the plays will come from, from Van Dyke to try and find openings. And then if we really want to try and... And attack and penetrate the defense. I think that's where Kita will be the, the initiator or, or maybe even Fabinho. I believe Fabinho is really good in, in, dribbling as well. I, I've not seen him in a long time, but, or especially in, in the Liu in the Liu kit properly, but I, I believe he's still very good in dribbling. So if, if that's the case, then I think both of them can initiate this kind of, uh, attacking sequences. And let's not forget that we also have fullbacks who are, uh, good on the ball in their own right. You know, even if it's Moreno, I think, you know, for, for all his, uh, defensive frailties, you could say, Moreno has been really good on the ball. And, and likewise with, with Robertson. On the mm-hmm. other end, I think Alexander Arnold, we already know what he can do with the ball at his feet. And, uh, you know, if you look up a little bit more, I think Mane, Mane is also really good on the ball. At, at, at times when, when he has the ball on the left flank or dropping back from the left flank to collect the ball, he looks a little bit like Coutinho, of course, without the, 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 uh, the mercurial dribbling, but he does. Have that ball control uh, with him. So I think, yeah, you know, if, if you are talking about how protective he can be, it will be Van Dijk. If you want to be more attacking, I believe almost anyone else can can initiate that now. And I think, you know, if Henderson does get into the team, then he may just be uh, caught a little bit in the dilemma. You know, I'm 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 not so sure that he will be as protective as Van Dijk is, but I don't think he'll be as attacking as Keita is. So I think that's where. Uh, club may have to find a little bit of a balance in terms of how aggressive Henderson has to be with the ball.
1: Sri, do you think Shakiri could play in that midfield position, uh, get more, get a few more chances and balance the minutes more to what Henderson has? That we're allocating Henderson now. Do you think Shakiri could basically play in that Henderson role?
2: The Henderson role?
1: Yeah, well, the role that we've depicted for Henderson. Sort of not, not the six, I'm talking about more midfield eight position.
2: Obviously, he can play. There's no doubt whether he can play. See, before I answer this, I let me just get done with my biggest pet peeve this pre-season. People are talking about Shakir. Oh, I didn't know he was so good or he can be so good. He's not a player who's come from Preston North End, okay? So, he's played for Bayern Munich. He's played for Basel. He's played for Inter Milan. So, just because he came from Stoke, let's not make him sound like someone who's come up the ladder from say conference levels or something like that. There is obviously talent. The only thing is obviously we have all seen him play in the wing. But the one of the best I would say in fact his most underrated strength is his ability to move between the lines and ability to find spaces in tight areas. So there is no doubt he can play in the midfield three. So, if, if our initial thought was like it's going to be Fabinho, Kita, and say Nabil Fakir, he could easily play the Fakir role. Obviously, we don't have the numbers to show that because he's not played that. You don't have sample size to see whether he can play. But in terms of does he have the skill set? Absolutely, he has the skill set. He has the skill set to play between the lines. His hold up play is great. His cl- close control is great. He can, his creativity is no doubt. He can set up players. He can. His shooting from outside of the box is great. His third-man run is great. He has all the base qualities you need. Can he play in a clock system? Obviously, this is his first system, whether he has enough stamina to play. But the initial signs are all there that he could easily play in the midfield three we need. That, that's, I, I think that is why Shakiri is personally my favourite signing of the summer. One is obviously because I like him as a player from ages. So that, that's a different thing. But in... Just the sheer versatility he brings to the team. Uh, the only thing I thought he would never do was something he ended up doing yesterday. I thought he's not going to play the number line, obviously, because it's it's not a number nine. It's Firmino's is such a clearly yeah, defined a role, and yet such man. a unique, rare role. Yes. Uh, if 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 Liverpool, we have been always talking about buying a backup for Firmino, but no, we can't. How many players can play that role? And you could literally crown three, four players who could adapt to it maybe shakiri is one of those 3 4 so that was the only role of that but otherwise i personally i think he can definitely play in midfield he has all the tools his strength is huge he, so he can clearly hold off players he can set up players he moves between the mm-hmm. lines he has a good shot he obviously he seems fit enough to attack and press and also all, all signs look good
1: would that just to end this, uh before we move on to the next one, Sri, do you think that actually would help Henderson a little bit more? I know you said before that there might be some sort of reinitiation into the sort of more, uh, more uh, number eight role that that Henderson used to uh, used to occupy. But do you think Shakiri being there, allowing him to play sort of um, slightly less games as well, just frees him up, frees his. um is sort of the, the the worry about his injury, if I can put it that, it frees him from that to go play in midfield, maybe less often, but as the eight, and then that would be the better role for Henderson. Would, would are, are you happy with with that kind of uh, with that kind of setup? Are you happy that Henderson provides us with that you know good number eight choice like he did before? See,
2: personally, there is no doubt his natural skills suit that because his best. Ability has been to just shuttle and carry the ball and obviously make the third man run. Obviously, the 2013 14 template, if we are going by that, that's yeah. what it clearly seemed like. His ability to shuttle, make the third man run, shield his midfielders in terms of just relentless closing down, obviously. And as Lira said, his biggest flaw in terms of playing a number six is ability to beat the press. So when he's going to press, he's just going to pass it back to the fullback or the keeper. That's what he's not going to. Say, hold the player make make a turn around him, and say do a diagonal to the full uh, on rushing but that is something he does when he's afforded time on the ball, so obviously his biggest strength as a number eight uh, as a player suits the number eight, his biggest flaw is his biggest inhibition in terms of number six, so natural tendency seems to suggest that he should play as number eight, but whether he he's fit enough to still. Given those numbers in terms of the number of sprints, number of closing, all these things, I don't know. But yeah, his natural skills go towards number eight. I would rather see him play as number eight, as number sixteen. That was the question.
1: All right, that's as good a place as any to take a break. We'll see you after these short messages. Hi, Jan. How are you? Um, is everything okay? Yeah, absolutely, Gax. Everything is fine. But you know what? I'm hearing you've got a special offer for Anfield Index Pro. Is that so? Yes, absolutely. And we've got your weekly show, Moby on the Spot, the popular stat show, Under Pressure, Post Match Raw is now back, and loads of other shows available at our lowest price ever. Go on then, Gax. How cheap is that? Get this, mate. Get this. It's absolutely free for seven days, and then only thirty nine ninety nine for a whole year. New users can now sign up and access everything at amfordindexpro.com. I have to say, Gax, that is incredible news. i got to go. Where are you going? Well, to be fair, I need to go and tell Russia about this offer. <laughs> Thanks.
0: Whilst you're there, please let Rushy know that we accept all major credits and debit cards via the website. And not only that, we've
1: now added PayPal too. And if you want an app option, then via iOS you can purchase AI Pro through an in-app purchase. Jan? Jan? Welcome back. I want to keep this on injuries, and I want to focus on some of the other options we had in the squad. We haven't discussed him, sort of too much, even in other kind of podcasts, um, sort of beyond whether to keep or sell, sort of thing. But we we're entering the season without obviously getting that Fakir type player in and um the last Fakier Friday of the transfer window has passed. <laughs> so I don't think it's I've I i, I do not know if it's gonna happen, I don't think so. But let's assume that nothing else happens. Obviously we've got the two big question marks in the in the squad, Sturridge and Adam Lalana. Um Adam Lana already picked up something that look uh, hopefully there's just a niggle in preseason and it's just precautionary and keeping him out of the um of the Napoli match. But is it a bit irresponsible? Can we talk about that? These are, these are all going to be difficult questions that we're going to have to deal with in this podcast. Um, but is it a bit irresponsible going to the season relying on players like Starish, like Lalana? Is, you know, what potential is there for the season to completely unravel? Um, given that, you know, if, if, if we have some bad luck, if things don't go the way we want to, we had pretty good luck last season when it came to the front three, we had not so such good luck when it came to, for example, center back, for example, when it came to the midfield positions, while we've strengthened in the midfield position, we've, you know, and, and we'll talk about the center back role, uh, a bit later, but this starting position, are we going to still be overly reliant on those front three plus Shaqiri? Is that enough? You know, um, Staris Lalana, is is this just a time bomb waiting to happen? You know, uh, Roy, what do you think?
0: Uh, I I think the is. I uh, you said that this is a tough question, right? But for me, it actually isn't. <laughs> <laughs> because even from last season, I've never thought of Lalana as you know as quote unquote as a squad player because of injuries and just the amount of time that he needs to get back and 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 getting back to into, into the, the 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 work of things and things like that. I've never thought of Lalana as as part of the squad up until Chamberlain got injured, and then we started to see Lalana in a bit more. And unfortunately, Salah got injured in the Champions League final, and that's where Lalana was brought in. And even then, we saw the impact that he brought onto the pitch, which was virtually nothing, right? So moving to this season, whether he's injured or not, I've generally not even thought about him as part of like a rotation or things like that. And that's why I brought up Dennis Sturridge and not Adam Lalana because at least from pre season we see what Daniel Sturridge can do. And apart from Solanke and Origi, you know, both of whom have looked very, very uh you know, I, I guess they leave much to be desired. You know, both still really young, Origi maybe not so much. Both have haven't shown anything much beyond just being that hold up player or, or or maybe uh someone who is more of a turn and shoot sort of player. But at least Daniel Sturridge has shown a little bit more than that. And I think for me personally, when it comes to Adam Lana, I'm not even relying on him to save our season or to, to come in as an effective uh super sub for maybe Salah or Mane. I think that role goes to Shakiri if we go with a force I think whether we play for Shi or not, it depends on whether Klopp selects Shakiri or Henderson. I don't think there's two ways uh any two ways about it. Maybe sometimes he may rest Mane over Shakiri, but for the most part I I see Shakiri as more of the impact player off the bench if he's even coming off the bench. And for uh, maybe uh, to a lesser extent than Sturridge, but Adam Lalana for me, he's not even part of that main rotation for me yet. So honestly, I'm I'm not too bothered by it. And, and for me, the answer is really simple: we shouldn't be relying on Adam Lallana for sure. Oh, that's 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 pretty hectic. I don't
1: know. I I, I agree with the Adam Lallana thing. I, am, you know, I love Daniel Sturridge. I'm one of his biggest biggest fans. I just hope his body holds on, uh, and th- and that's going to be a, such a big thing. You know if if he's if injury, but I mean, if we talk about like Adam Lana, Daniel Sturridge, I think they're two of the four most injured players in terms of missing games for the last like three or four seasons. What do you think, Shree? Is it, are we, are we setting ourselves up for a problem here?
2: The pro- Adam Lana debate is kind of, I would say, tough. I don't know. On one hand, he looks bad. On the other hand, he looks very bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You don't know how bad to... (laughs) uh,
2: No. I, I think the problem is he's injured so often. And as Leroy said, he needs so many more minutes to even look fit. But if we have a proper squad, he's not going to get those minutes. Which means that he's probably not going to be that fit enough either. Which means that when he plays, he's most probably maybe going to get injured again. So, I'm not sure where this cycle even is. So, let's even look at the midfield. Okay, we have Fabinho, Henderson, Milner, Weinald, Keita. These are the names I have. I missed anyone. Think I, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Worst case, you put Trent also in midfield, then this client plays fullback. So, let's say we have definitely six players to play, and we do. Lalana is not in the six. Six of these names and worst case you could play if even if you need if the front three plays you put shakir in the midfield three you have options yeah if only if worst case we end up with three injuries in one go like some something which happened last season where henderson got injured chan got injured everybody got injured basically that is the only way but which means that at that point of time lalana needs to be fit and needs to have got some rhythm and he gets rhythm by playing minutes. So, I, this debate is going to be very tough. Idea. I'm quite not sure what purpose Lalana serves by staying there. The only way I see him fitting is maybe if we start playing a four-two-three-one somewhere. And he plays in the midfield three. But probably this is the time of year or this is the season where he could actually play. In, because Sturridge has lost a, lost a bit of space. You could actually play him slightly deeper than, say, someone like a Firmino where Firmino drops deep and. Quickly, fluidly, we interchange with storage moving up. You could do so many more things. There is because when we line up, the formation is only on the paper. The minute the game starts, you have no idea who is going to be where. So there are going to be innumerable options. And I I can't see any of these innumerable options Lalana being a part of it. So that is the challenge. And and the point is, where is the question of depending on Lalana? You know his injury record is that you cannot depend on him. So how do you even plan for this? Saying that. You cannot even draw up a program saying, okay, this is the time we are going to get Lalana some minutes. Because you know, right, we are going to plan season loads and say, okay, this is the time we load minutes for the front three. This is the time we will reduce load for say Mane where Shakiris load goes up. They're going to balance. But the point is, how can you predict with some, you can plan for Lalana, but there's no guarantee he's going to be fit. So I don't see how he fits anyway. in. Theory,
0: and also I think for, for me, okay, if I can just come here quickly, is this more like, it's just more like we can't predict uh, whether whether the injuries will recur again this season. We can we we can't we can't use that against Daniel Sturridge or, or Adam Lallana or whoever, right? We can't say that oh uh, we we can't depend on them because they may get injured, blah blah blah. We we can't say that we we just don't know. For all we know, Sturridge could play for not the whole the whole season for 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 the full 90 minutes and and he may be totally fine. We just don't know. But in terms of quality and what they bring to the table, the impact that they have, I think when you look at Lalana compared to Sturridge, honestly, like I mean, Mm. where does Lalana fit in? I think the other thing, the other
1: thing that backs up your 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 uh, what you're saying there, Roy, is that when Sturridge has gotten injured, when he's come back, even if he like even if he doesn't sprint, he just has that end product about him, you know. Whereas Adam Lalana, it's been it's been quite a while where end product has been something we've been talking about for him, you know, even. Even when he was sort of fully fully fit uh, on occasion, you know. So there's that as well, you know. But yeah th- that's for, the for thing. Me, there, I, I, I really I the... For me there's
0: two Yeah. There there's two parts of it. So one is the availability of of, of or shall I say the opportunity of, of doing something, and the second is actually doing something, right? So when you look at opportunity wise, where does Lama fit in? As a number ten, I wouldn't put him there ahead of Firmino or Shakiri if they are available. If as a number eight, I already have Keta or Wainadam who can who can play similar roles, maybe Henderson as well. Um, playing on the left wing, what for? I have Mane, and, and at the very least, I can play Shakiri there, or or Moreno can even play at left wing. On the right, I have Salah. Otherwise, I have Mane, Shakiri. I have Milner, who who may play like more like a a right midfielder, or I would even play Trent Alexander Arnold there. So opportunity wise, I don't see a spot for Adam Lallana. Whereas for Daniel Sturridge, sure, you know maybe Firmino and and Shakiri may, may be vying for that uh false nine spot, but. I would play Sturridge over, say, Solanke or, or Origi at this moment because for me, I, I I just don't see what Solanke and Origi can bring instantly to a, a, a high-level game at the moment. So that, that that's how it is in terms of opportunity. In terms of impact, at, at the very least, I can still remember times of, of Sturridge just getting the ball and just making one turn and, and firing and, and getting a goal, right? I mean, we saw that in, in, in that Sevilla final against Sevilla, right? I mean, Things things like that happen with starers. But for Adam Lallana, what does he bring to the table when you think about it? You know, at first glance, yeah, sure, some fancy dribbles, some some nutmegs or whatever it is. But the end product, what what? How does it ultimately impact the team? I just don't see it. Especially with what we saw in the finals, in the Champions League final last year, uh, i sure I should say last season? What what did Lallana bring off the bench? And he was supposedly fit, and, and and you know, he he's been getting on his getting back on his feet for a couple of games already at that point. I just don't see it So opportunity wise and impact wise I just don't see it with adam lalana, so if he's part of the squad, sure you know why not? but I wouldn't fully rely on him providing any benefit to the team at the moment
1: see this is this is the issue I have is I think adam Lallana is in fact looked at currently as being sort of complementary to the front three rather than the midfield. So I think his role as we see it is more to play up front. I don't think he's been that convincing in midfield really. And th- that's the issue I have. So you have our front three and then you have Shakiri, and that's great. But then the next players are then there's Daniel Sturridge, there's Arigi, um, and there's Dom and then there's Lalana, And like two of those are actually quite injury prone. And two of those <laughs> are sort of not ready or, or doesn't fit the system or however you want to put it. But it, they don't fit in optimally. And it just feels like, you know, to go you have a front three and it's four you can rely on are we gonna get him to play like eighty, seventy five percent of the minutes again? That just you know it feels like it feels like we we might be in for a bit of well, I hope not. Maybe maybe we'll get lucky. Daniel Sturridge can stay fit. That that'll be great. <laughs> Plus a season from Daniel Starich would be just ridiculous. We'd be scoring goals forever. But guys, I wanna move the topic a little bit further back now. We saw his debut yesterday. Um, had a pretty good debut, I thought. It, it was, you know, he had a couple of saves to make. Um, he, he looked to communicate well with the defense. He was, uh, like I, like I said before, he was used by the defense quite a lot more than I've seen from previous keepers in terms of just keeping the ball rotating play and recycling the ball. I'm, of course, talking about Allison. And, um, uh, yeah, well, what, what do you guys think about him? You know, Sri, I'll, I'll start with you for this one because I know you had some reservations about Allison. And I think the concern here is, What happens if all those reservations come to light? If he isn't the keeper that you know we're seeing who had that wonderful debut yesterday, because you've seen wonderful debuts before that have sort of shrunk as the season began. What happens then? You know, is (laughs) we've got we've got Karius and Migs now in the background. What happens to them? Is 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 Karius going to be the new Mignolet? Is that what's going to happen? See, for good or bad, he
2: needs to get a long run. No point buying a keeper. And then billing him after five games makes absolutely no sense. For example, yesterday's performance—let's just say—put it down to nervousness. There were few mistakes made. He actually rushed out a couple of times and completely missed the missed the ball. And on another day, could have been turned in. The first save he had to make—it was a straightforward save. He could have actually caught the ball, but he actually bundled it beyond the post. Uh, obviously, let's not forget his distribution was very good. Obviously, the first goal actually started with his distribution to Salah. His distribution. One thing is uh, something which I told before is he looks very risky with the ball, so the forwards are going to look to close him down because he, he looks. It's 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 almost he looks overly casual, but he's not. It's just the way he plays. So one thing which is going to happen is there is going to be potential that when we make a back pass, the forwards are trying to close it, which means that the opposition could actually move up a line which could mean if he sets the first pass right, we could actually counter-attack better. I see him as a potential start of the counter-attack. But I'm going to put it yesterday down to, say, share no But going to your question, he's going to get a long run. I don't see a chance. The worst case we are going to do is rotate in the Cups. But then I don't see a reason why. He's not... See, obviously, we have bought him the key headline stat has been that he's not made an error, what, the last two seasons. And it's too good to be true to continue with Liverpool's recorded mm-hmm. goalkeeper. So obviously the law of averages are going to catch up, but I don't see, I don't see a way in for Carius or Minule yet. I'm quite surprised why Mignolet is still here. Maybe I think the only debate has been if you see yesterday, it's, it, one key thing was we are still talking Alisson with a provisional number of 13, which clearly means he wants the number one. And if they have not given him the number one, I think, is it something... Are they looking to actually offload carriers then? Because if he's going to stay, the decision can easily be made. Carriers either gives up the number or not. I don't know why one week before the season, we are still debating what number he's going to get. That We are giving a provisional number to Allison. So maybe, I don't know. Is it maybe they are not able to offload minuel and they are trying... Maybe there, are, maybe there is interest in carriers. Again, if... We have talked so much, but the end answer is always, we don't know. And that seems to be the theme now. It's, there are so many things happening and we quite seemingly don't seem to know. But it, it would be, I would be very, very surprised if, let's say, even if he makes two, three mistakes in the opening ten games that he's benched or something. It's a new league. People are going to make mistakes. He's going, he's going to probably, as I told, he clearly rushes off his line very quickly. He's going to make a mid misjudgment. I would not be surprised he's, like how Kane got a penalty against Karius, where he comes off his line, instead of getting the ball, against the man, he gives away a penalty. All those teams, very high degree of possibility, but I don't think, I think Liverpool are going to play around his mistakes if they even happen.
1: That's an interesting approach, Roy, because I understand the difference between Alisson and Carriers. Carriers is a lot younger, less experienced, You know, we can say that, but we didn't wait very long for Karius to make a mistake before putting him the first time and then, then uh, putting him into second position behind Mignolet. Is there a danger of that happening again just because of the history we've had with our goalkeepers? We sort of, you know, say it happens, as she says, he makes a couple of mistakes, he rushes off his line, doesn't judge optimally. Something which Carrius has been um, criticised for, you know, last season in the league as well. Is there is there a thing of now, you know, we're saying, oh, you know, We have to get carriers on because we can't be worse than this. And then Carriers comes on and it's it's basically re it reinitiates that same goalkeeping problem that we had, that we've you know we've had for many, many seasons.
0: Yeah, it's like a cycle at this at this point, right? I mean we we had that problem with Mignoli and then once he faltered, we went to Brad Jones, got worse, went back to Mignoli, and then we brought in Carriers, Carriers got uh made a mistake, went back to Mignoli, you know. Yeah, there, we're was bound that, to there was that bit with thing, Bogdan
1: right? at some point as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, saying. yeah, we the as well. and and that's where we really hit rock bottom, but we recovered from that since... I I think, the, the I guess the big difference between us and, let's say, Spurs or, or City mm-hmm. is that they go out and get high-quality keepers, which, in fairness, that's what we did as well, in getting Allison. Sri may not agree with that, but that but Sri's opinion doesn't matter, right? <laughs> but, you know, we, we went to get, uh, a, 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 I guess, based on perception, a high-quality goalkeeper, and we need to stick with him. I think that's where we don't, we, we haven't followed through with it yet. I mean, you look at City, despite Edison making a couple of mistakes here and there, you know, you look at Spurs and Loris, I mean, throughout the, the years, Loris has been seen as pretty error prone, but overall still pretty solid. We we have to follow through with these car kind of keepers, you know, otherwise we'll just be stuck in this cycle of constantly, uh, you know, bringing out the cash to get other goalkeepers and we'll just never be Satisfied until we get a De Gea or or, or, a, or a Yen or Black or or something like that. But up until then, we just need to really follow through. Otherwise, like I said, we'll just be spending money every summer to just get another goalkeeper. And the second he makes a small mistake, that's where we start to, you know, backtrack on our on, on our stance and think, oh, you know, and start to hesitate and 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 doubt our uh mm, our mm. our scouting and and doubting our own player. Yeah. And <laughs> we we just can't afford to do that. And, and now looking at you know, seeing as how Alison is already considered as maybe the the top three of of goalkeepers that we could go after, you know, not including someone like De Gea, for example, I think we just need to follow through and really put our full faith in him. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, we have to to pull through and and hope that at some point the the quality, the talent will just come out and 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 help Alison to pull through with it. I I think we just cannot keep switching around goalkeepers and hoping that the the confidence doesn't doesn't sway or or their their consistency doesn't sway. To to be consistent you need to have minutes and with goalkeepers, consistency is key in my opinion. Mm, I I agree okay, with both. Okay, just there, couple yeah.
2: couple a couple of points here. So uh Leroy mentions De here, but let's not forget his first season. Let's say he put
0: oh, sure, if, yeah. uh,
2: hypothetically De Gea plays for Liverpool. He puts through that first season. He plays that first season for us there is a very high probability he doesn't get a second season and as yep. Leroy says that's the
1: difference not even a,
0: not, 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 not even a second game uh, yeah i
1: wouldn't even yeah she that, would be it would be point, like 10 games you know? or something yeah it would be like at
0: yeah. maximum. exactly see lorris made
2: mistakes uh, ederson has made mistakes. but you are going to, and let's not forget why that's did they get Kotoa, yeah exactly everybody has made mistakes, but the main thing I was going to say was, why did we get Alisson? What does Alisson give us over Carrier? Because carries uh, it's very difficult to say ignore you know, the Champions League final, but you take his second half of the season. Clean sheets increased, he made a lot of great saves. But why did we get? One is he, obviously he's an internationally proven keeper, all those things is there, but his short stopping is like elite level. Alisson's. While if you say carries, I would say as a keeper, unfortunately, that's his weakest strength. Uh, weak, sorry, not weakest strength. I would say his his big weakness is shot stopping. He's a keeper who's more of a shot prevention keeper. This is something I said before as well. His high line is starting, sweeping, push and enables. It. Liverpool, as a defensive line-up, move a y- couple of yards up, which means we are compressing midfield. We are getting the ball higher up the pitch. We are sh- preventing shots. While that is something which is going to happen, Allison is going to continue, if he is going to continue stopping shots at the same level, what we are having is an elite shot stopper. And ultimately, of all things, his distribution, everything, what Liverpool need is someone. It's, let's say we did this merry-go-round of three years with centre-backs. And now it's, we have got Van Dyke. It's almost like nobody is even talking about defence. It's like, it's, and it's, it's ironic that to, to get even a settled defence, to forget this has taken us so many years. It's almost like this is what is expected of centre-back and we have done such a merry-go-round to go and land up ultimately with someone whom now you don't even need to talk about. You know what he's going to do. He's going to come in, he's going to sweep up any loose balls, he's going to hit the ball away. And to do this, we have done a merry-go-round over so many years. And I think Alison is maybe it's our answer similar to Virgil van Dijk where we are not going to talk about keepers now. We are guarded. He's going to come in. He's going to do his job. Nobody talks about the fee. Nobody talks mistakes. He comes in, gets a clean sheet for 90 minutes, and goes away. That's it. That's hopefully that's what we are hoping for.
0: And yeah. I think what's really important as well is the first five to ten games. I think that's really key. The second, if let's say, you no know, next next weekend, touch through But the second, Ellison makes a mistake, it's going to be highlighted 100%. The headline is going to be. Uh, something like, is Allison the new carriers or whatever whatever it is, right? But if it happens in the 8th game, for example, or, or in the 12th game, then I think the impact wouldn't be as bad, if if you ask me. Keepers 100% make mistakes. I mean, three, you definitely know this, right? But the timing of it is so important. I think if in the first game, Allison makes a mistake like that, I think that would be pretty bad for his confidence. And especially bad among the fans in terms of perception, but if we can delay that that inevitable mistake to much later on and especially if it's just a, a regular league game and it's not a the the final of a cup, then I think we're pretty good in, in, in that respect for sure.
2: And and, and as Leroy said, let's not forget the importance of early impression. 13-14 first game. Mignole was so bad if if there was if he hadn't saved that penalty, it would have the headlines would have been so much but 13-14, first-stroke game, what does everybody remember? The penalty save. And that that is the highlight moment. But if you actually see the game, horrendous nervous goalkeeping, it's like, it, it was almost, you could say, League 2 level of goalkeeping. That's what we had that game. Hmm. There was like, you could easily point out 7-8 mistakes in a single game. But nobody ever talks about that because of the penalty. So, as Leela says, it's... A big starting him, let's say he makes a point-blank one-on-one on one, or he saves a penalty or he pulls off like an unreal save, that's going to set up his career like anything else. Uh, so a big positive impression would be great. Mm,
1: yeah, no, I, I get what you guys are saying. And I, I also think like if he's going to, if he makes a couple of mistakes and not not the big ones that you're talking about, Roy, maybe, you know, maybe the the kind that sort of Sri is talking about, maybe he just misjudges Coming out a little bit. As long as it yeah. doesn't cost us too much, you have to stick with the keeper because you have to maximize the strengths in a, in a situation a... where everybody has weaknesses. You can't, you, if you keep on swapping, you just get everybody's weaknesses because the strength is never allowed to uh, assert itself upon the situation. Speaking of which, one thing I was, when I was watching yesterday's game, guys, the, our, our last preseason friendly there, I, Was a bit sort of concerned by how, and I know Napoli is a very good side, but how they got behind a couple times. They should have really had a goal and it's called offside, but that was a bit worrying, you know. And and let's talk about the centre backs a little bit because that's another problem. Maybe we should have had this discussion within the the injury section. Uh, You you have a terrible host, basically, but (laughs) we have a situation (laughs) where we know that. (laughs) <laughs> where the centre, <laughs> the centre backs are actually pretty injury prone, right, guys? We've got Van Dijk, who's great, but then we've got Lovren, who's had his fair share of injuries. Matip, who is, you know, is quite injury prone. And then you have Gomez, who has long term injury issues. Gomez seems to be sort of alright, coming, you know, coming into a place where he's having less and less injuries, which is great. Is he okay for you to join into that centre back position? Should we really have strengthened? I mean, given that we haven't, are you worried about that position, Roy? I'll start with you.
0: Nah, not at all. I I think for the most part, for better or for worse, I think Lovren and and Van Dijk will be the the staple centre backs. You know, praying that there are no injuries there. But if ever there was an injury, I think Klavan and most likely Joe Gomez, considering that Martin is a bit iffy. So I I wouldn't. Re- I guess Matip is sort of like in that Lalana spot for me. If he's available. Fine. If it's not, doesn't really matter. We have Clavan. We have Joe Gomez. Let me not be better than Matip, I guess. But I'm 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 perfectly fine. I'm I'm pretty indifferent to that. The only problem that I have is if we were to require someone like Clavan to start the next five games in a row. That's where I get a little bit paranoid, a, a little a little bit iffy on on that. But not the biggest issue for me because I feel like regardless of how good or how bad our defense is, it, it our key strength still lies in the high pressing and in in a little bit of that counter attacking style and also Salah's brilliance, right? Individual brilliance. So I think even if we score five goals, we are bound to score due to concede maybe one or two goals. You know, whether or not it's it's due to a bad or 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 bad defense or unlucky uh situations, but I do feel that regardless, I, I'm I'm not too bothered with not having the best defense or the best depth in defense as compared to not having enough attacking power. And I feel like we, we do have enough if we can manage our, our our minutes properly. So I think not too bothered with that, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely all right with Gomez coming in. Clavan has been okay ever since he came in, but again, when he needs to start five games in a row, that's where I get worried. Matip, I'm actually a bit more worried about Matip than Clavan because if, if Matip comes in for one two games that's where he can be a bit be a bit inconsistent but if he does play for the long haul I think he's gonna be better than than Clavan for sure. But again the bottom line is not really too bothered with who plays at centre back because I do think that Lauren and, and Van Dijk would probably start maybe eighty percent of games. So I'm I'm totally fine with that. Ooh, okay and you Sri Yeah Roy, Van Dijk and Lovren start I'm
2: okay. The only if he built about Gomez was his biggest weakness last season was obviously, a couple of weakness was obviously his ability to head the ball and more importantly, his judgment of flight of the ball. And I'm not sure if that's been resolved to enough extent that he plays centre-back or is it like Van Dyke is going to hand out? Yesterday, you mentioned about mistakes, right? There were a couple of things which actually happened because both centre-backs went to their forward, which basically opened up the whole space in defence. So obviously, there was some I don't know whether it was a Communication issue or is it was it Van Dyke trying to handhold gomez because i'm I'm not convinced of Gomez in the air, but I think Gomez strength is going to help us in terms of his recovery pace and his ability on the ball uh, being played as fullback his ability on the ball is solid he's not going to unnecessarily hopefully give up the ball away, but I'm not hundred percent convinced of his ability in the air especially ability to judge the flight of the ball, but I think maybe a couple of weeks. Uh, The international breaks are coming very soon, which means that Lovren isn't going to miss maybe more than two games, worst case. So, it's okay. I don't know if it it was worth even buying someone for two games. But as Lira said, the main concern is Matip. He never seems to be fit. It's almost like we have got another Lalana in defence. He just cannot remain fit. And the minute he tries to put in minutes, he's injured again. And that's the worry. So, maybe that's why we have clearly defended Gomez as a centre-back this time. Uh, because I, th- I think even the club are cons- concerned whether Matip will be even to turn in some minutes. So maybe go mistakes in Matip's minutes while Klavan, if he remains fit, plays for Van Dyke.
1: Yeah, and I also think Fabinho coming more and more into the team, having sort of the... If Alisson comes off, Alisson, Van Dyke, Fabinho, that could help just tighten everything up anyway. And then we won't have to worry about these things so much. So that 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 might help. That would be cool. All right, guys, we're almost at the end of the pod. Um, I wanted to leave our listeners with uh, with a bit more levity, so <laughs> I'm I'm going to ask a question that Roy Roy prompted. <laughs> I'm going to ask you guys to guess which lower tier side is going to do the double on us this season. <laughs> Roy, since you prompted this oh. question, you get to go first.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is tough, but. Somehow I I feel like West Ham seems to be on the up this season. I I I mean I I guess by now every every season we've been pretty much guessing on on which lower tier side will actually come up and and really surprise the 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 traditional top four or the top six. And you know apparently last year I don't think anyone thought that Burnley would get a Europa League spot, right? And and this season I I I do feel that in terms of acquisitions, it could be West Ham, but I do have a feeling that Wolves would be really good as well. So I, I if I have, if I had to guess right now it would be one of those two teams, but I could really, really be wrong at the I guess at the end of the season. But yeah, yeah you know, I think this would be a a big guess, you know, more than anything else.
2: Mm. And for you, Shri. Do the double over us. I don't see anyone actually doing it. Oof.
0: You but the te-
2: if you, if if you think the teams which could harm us or uh, cause us issues, I wouldn't be surprised if so- someone like Leicester beat us. Yeah, I would say Leicester trying to trouble us. Maybe we have one not game where we get frustrated against. Say they don't have quality at all, but let's <laughs> say there's not a day where they don't click Cardiff under Neil Warnock. Hmm. Mm. This is assuming nothing clicks. We have a game <laughs> like the Torrid game where we had versus Swansea. Where yeah. Basically, we yeah, decide that, that we'll play our plan Z. Um, <laughs> something like that happens. Yeah, maybe Cardiff. But even if we play decently, I could see uh, le- someone like Leicester with a uh, Madison and w- Wadi combination trying to harm us. Especially if they have a go at safe. Lauren isn't playing Gomez. Obviously, there are a lot of ifs, but that is the whole point of this question. We don't even know who's going to play for us. So, how do you know who's going to do the double? But right. maybe Leicester, Leicester is someone. But I have a question for you guys before you close. Last question. I just came with, came up with, uh, on the spot. If of all your pet peeves from last season, if there is one pet peeve you hope
1: Klopp doesn't do, what would it be this season? Draw twice at Everton. I want to beat Everton twice.
0: <laughs> mm. No, no. Something
1: what... which Klopp
2: does, but you don't oh. want him to do this season. Oh, I see. Okay. Which you hated last season, but don't want him to do this season. Oh, I, I have I think one.
0: substitutions for me.
1: I think yeah, all As of it...
2: us are going to say <laughs> the same
1: thing. I know. I didn't have <laughs> substitutions. You just mean in terms of making them at a more effective time there, Roy?
0: I, I, it's just way too late. Like, <laughs> it's way too late. Like, I mean, if you're leading 4-0 at like 70 minutes, just get the stars out and rest them, right? Like, I, I, sometimes I just don't understand. I, I mean, of course, I'm not in, in a, in a professional club or anything like that, but if you're leading 4-0 or, or by three goals or two goals or whatever, you should trust the players on your team and especially on your bench to, to see the game out. And I mean, you know, we, we have seen a lot of, uh, collapses from our side, but, you You need to have that sort of belief, I guess, and that will save you some minutes to, to rest players and If things are not working out, then you should try to make a some change early on and We all know that it sometimes takes you know players five minutes to actually get into the game, and at that point they only have ten minutes to get the ball and actually make something out of it so if you want to make a start, make it earlier that that that's basically what, what I feel sometimes
1: is that yours as a yeah.
2: not kind of. In a way, about substitutions, but not that. But mine's, yeah, also, you can... mine's
1: also kind of. Mine's also kind of. Mine is, can we never go to five at the back again? Can we stop just putting on Dude! the extra defender?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: never bring on a centre-back. Just, a... just don't yeah. do that. Just stop doing that. That doesn't and make
0: I, sense for me as well.
1: I think it's worked out like once or twice last season. We did it like good five or six times and we always concede late. We always, When that happens, it just always... We look fine, and then it just falls apart at some point. It just stop doing that entirely. It's like we have a four three
2: three, and when you keep replacing personal in the structure, it always seems to be okay. The minute you change the structure, it's almost like people forget to play football, yeah. <laughs> It's it's like, oh, what is this? Is this all football? You can play anything other than four three three I didn't know. Oh, what do I do with the ball? Now? Oh, there are too many of us near me. I don't know. Whom should I pass it to I have so many options. Exactly. Okay, let me like, just give it to them.
1: And then somehow, like the opposition winger, despite having more defenders on the field, we will let the opposition winger or the opposition fullback sort of just be alone. Be crossing into the box because everybody has suddenly decided that they're going to clump into the penalty area all in one go, and that's going to be our herd mentality defense. And I (laughs) just that that's we don't do that normally. Why were we doing that now? (laughs)
2: Exactly. So there were two things. One was that, and to for God's sakes, please don't bring Sturridge on as a sub for ten minutes. What is he going to do in ten minutes? (laughs) I I, I get Leroy's late subject, but I'm specific about Sturridge. Give him minutes, ask him to start, give him 60, 70 minutes, take him off, play him once every two weeks, three weeks, maybe. Or you maybe have a periodic cycle for him, okay? I already outlined games, okay? You need to prepare for these, these games. Maybe games immediately after Champions League, where we are at home, we get a kind of easier opposition, put him in and give him those
1: minutes, and that's going to help. No, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. All right, guys, I think we have hit our time limit now. I'm going to let you guys do some plugs. Roy?
0: Uh, nothing much for me. Just uh, looking forward to the season, I guess. Yeah, same. And for you, sri.
2: Yeah, season start means we are going to have the Match Day team back on the rota, so few Match Day pieces every week or every game day, basically. So look out for that.
1: Yeah, cool. And it looks like we're I'm going to start a new podcast called Rate or Hate on AI Pro, which is going to be great. It would be greater if I was actually going to be watching the first game, which looks doubtful at the moment <laughs> because of business travel. So we might have to do something about that, but uh, I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll get you a pod out on that new series. So keep an eye out for that. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening in. Um, the preseason has been absolutely super. If I don't see you before that, have a really great first game up the Reds. I hope we smash West Ham and thereby completely uh, dissolving the uh, possibility that West Ham will do the double on us as, 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 as races. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be, it's going to be so awesome. I'm so, excited by our new players and and what they can do and as the season goes on they're just going to bid in more and more it's going to be great so i will see you again soon take care yourselves until then bye bye
0: Network.